The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, we're talking with Greg Bergman. He is the executive producer of Mason in Ireland at ESPN Los Angeles. He's also the assistant program director of ESPN LA. We talked to him about how does he balance both of those very serious responsibilities, how exactly he keeps John Ireland aware of everything that's happening, considering John Ireland is also the voice of the Lakers. He may not see everything in every single game, so I'm interested in that. And we also talk about how producers can take advantage of the management track to gain a stronger foothold in the business. Here's Greg Bergman of ESPN LA. You know, Greg, there was an interesting article that came out a couple weeks ago that we covered here at Barrett Sports Media, and Jason was actually quoted in it, that basically said, L.A. is not a great sports radio market. I'm not going to ask you to fight with the article or, or defend it or anything like that. I'm just curious, what is the market like? What is L.A. sports radio? What is the scene like? What is the vibe like? So, I mean, I think we have very passionate sports fans, but we also have a lot of people from a lot of different places around the around the country. So, I mean, I think the the people that are here are very passionate, especially about the main teams, the Lakers, the Dodgers, you know, the Rams right now, the Raiders are a big part of all of that. Um, it's we have a very strong fan base here, but there are transplants that come to Los Angeles. That's kind of what happens. So a lot of people are fans of you know, like the Steelers or the Cowboys or whatever other team that are around the country. So I think we still have people still have a, a massive appetite for the sports content that we put out there. We just try and stay more local for the most part. And we also try and be more, you know, personality driven so that people that are not maybe from here still enjoy what we're doing. I'm curious because it's clear to me that the Dodgers are the number one draw in L.A. and always have been and always will be. But just for my own baseball fan-loving mind, how much Otani talk happens on L.A. sports radio? Does it register there for you guys? So, yeah, I mean, we try and talk Otani as much as we possibly can because he's incredible. We don't talk a lot of angels because the angels are the angels and they're, uh, you know, they're having a tough time. But we try and this is a once in a generation player. We may never see anything like this guy again. So we try and get as much in we can, but with them losing and him being the only thing that's really happening down there. I mean, Mike Trout, you know, is, is going on a, a tear right now, but for the most part, Otani is the story. So we try and weave it in as much as we can, but it's only when something specific is happening. Like right now, he owns every record. That's how he has every stat he's leading every stat. And so it's amazing. So we try and, Weave it in as much as possible. For the most part, Angels don't get a ton of love. John Ireland is the voice of the Lakers. Evidently, there are going to be some times where he has not seen every game that is happening because he is doing a Lakers game. So from a producer standpoint, what do you do to support him in terms of making sure that he's prepared to do the show? I'd ask the same thing for Michael Kay's producer in New York, too. John Ireland is a different type of dude where he will watch basically everything he doesn't sleep very much and he will watch everything but for the most part like we have we john ireland does not like to talk before the show 
He likes to be surprised with things that are going to happen on the air. And he uses Mason and I as people that he can go to whenever he has any type of question. He has his own opinions. He reads everything. But like we have a, we have an email in the morning that goes back and forth. He writes out a bunch of stuff. I write out a bunch of stuff. And we go kind of go back and forth. But he wants to know nothing that I think. He wants to know nothing that Mason thinks. And he just wants to be able to react off of the two of us. And most, I mean, mostly Mason, I'm kind of like the third, you know, just kind of fitting in where I can, but he wants to just be able to react off of us. So help producing for John has always been very interesting. It's been six years that I've been producing him now. So it's, it's really just being able to support him on air when he needs it. In addition to being the producer, you are also the assistant program director at ESPN Los Angeles. How do you balance the two responsibilities? Because they're both very, very important. It's, I mean, it's tough. I, I try and balance it as best as I can. I, when I need to be doing things that are for the assistant programming portion of it, I am sitting there doing all of that. Um, when it's time to work on, I have to just basically regiment my day the best that I can. So I get into the office about eight o'clock in the morning and I try and do as much. I mean, I've obviously I've watched games and I've prepped the night before, but I try and do as much prep and get the email out. And then I look at what I need to do for the day for the management side. And I go through that. And I, if we have meetings, I go into there. It's just, it's a, it's a strange balance. And there's times that it kind of over, it super, it goes into the show time where I have to be like, Hey guys, I got to go step away for a little bit. We have an issue with the, you know, the wide orbit machine is having a problem. I got to go into the back and go work it out. You guys do your thing. I'll be right back. So it's just, it's a very difficult balance, but it, it works. And I've, I've gotten pretty used to it at this point. People who are producers oftentimes are, wondering how long do I have to do this until I can be on air? And they kind of ignore the idea of the management side of things. So you are someone who has gone in, you know, has, has been producer, but has also gone into the management side of things. How viable is that track for somebody in the producer's position? Because there is more out there than just on air. There is more out there than on air. And I, I think it is a very viable direction to go. I mean, we have a good, if you have a good mind for it, you can find a way to get into the, in, into the management side and you'll be able to work well with other people. I do think it's very viable. And I think that a lot of people try and be on air as it's not the right path all the time. It's going from producer to on air because it's just I feel like that's you're taking away from the show if, if your main goal is to get on the air, because then you're worrying about yourself more so than you're worrying about helping out with your your hosts because that's they're always the most important piece of the puzzles they're being being uh, supportive of them so like if you want to be on air with them that's fine we have all of our producers on air but i think if you want the right track for most producers if you want to be a producer is to look into more of the uh, management side and try and get to that spot what's the crossover in skills between assistant program director and producer how has one helped you in the other um, because just understanding what makes a good show and how you can work with uh, the other producers and the other board ops and how you can say, like, this is what's working, what this is what works for our market and try and figure out, you know, what is the right sound of the station that we're looking for. And then using that with myself being on air and being a producer for one of the top shows in Los Angeles and then being able to take it to the management side and say, this is working for us. This this can also work for the other shows and then they can and we can then have a, a conversation about, OK, I see I like what you guys are doing. I like what you guys are doing. And we can kind of all kind of come together and, and make it all work. I talked to some people and, you know, their their towns, their cities are a one team place. And it's just that team 
all the time. You guys have like a hundred teams in your area. How do you choose who to give coverage to? How do you choose or how or how do you help choose what's going to be on the show? Because there's just so much there. Yeah. So I think it depends on you just knowing the market that you're in. So like I'm sure it happens in New York as well. So for like Michael's Cape, Michael Cape's producer, he has to figure all that stuff out. But he gets hockey that gets mixed in there because, you know, the Rangers and Islanders are actually interesting. But we have to we go by we have rules, basically. Lakers and Dodgers are one A and one B and Rams are now are moving their way up. So they're a very large portion of what we talk about as well. But we try and hit those as much as possible and know that. If any if all else fails, you can talk about the Lakers and people will be interested. If all else fails, you can talk about the Dodgers and people will be interested. So that's why it makes it it's picking and choosing. And the, the other teams, we've learned that when we talk about the Clippers, for example, a lot of people turn off because they're Laker fans. And there's a whole, you know, back and forth between the Lakers and the Clippers. Angels don't really resonate with our listeners, maybe more so in the Orange County area, but not so much in the in the greater Los Angeles area. And then also it just we try and stick to the teams that we know the best and the teams that we actually like ourselves. I think that's a, that's a big part of it too. It's being honest about who you are and who you are as a fan, as a fan base. But for the most part, we actually try and be way more personality driven and not as much sports driven as, which is kind of weird to say. Who is the biggest lightning rod for conversation in your market? Is it LeBron? Is it Russell Westbrook? Is it somebody else? Like who, who is the, the guy that pops more than anybody else? I mean, it's, it's LeBron James. I, anytime, anything that you want to say, no matter what he's doing, whether it's about his kids, what he's doing, whether he's going to sign his extension or not. Oh my God, he signed his extension, but was it too early? You know, <laughs> it, there's, it's anything. There's not one thing about LeBron that you can't talk about and spend a lot of time talking about and having a good conversation about. He's just a very interesting piece of what's happening in Los Angeles and it's just an easy easy topic at all times talk to me a little bit about your background kind of how you got into the business how you got to where you are now the steps along the way so I've been in this business now for 20 years I started at Fox Sports Radio in 2002 as an intern um, I was I was at Santa Monica City College and there was a guy named Vito Violante that got into is still working at Fox um, that was had an internship at Fox Sports Radio, and he said, hey, I know you want to do this too, so call this woman, Annie Zadarovich, and she'll get you in. And I became a, a an intern, immediately got hired on to be a, an editor, and just kind of continued to move my way up and just learning as much as I possibly could in every aspect of the business. And eventually, you know, 20 years later, now the assistant program director and the producer at ESPN. What is your advice to young or new producers? Learn absolutely everything. And don't think that you know everything. Ask questions. But learn everything from every single person that you possibly can. If there is a a producer that's been around for a long time, learn from a younger producer. Learn from them. Talk to the board ops. Learn how to run the board. Learn how the equipment works. Talk to the salespeople, talk to the program directors and, you know, the GMs and market managers, everything. Get involved with every single aspect of the business and know everything. You become invaluable. You become somebody that can can be plugged and played in any type of situation and people will want to work with you. So the more that you know, the easier it is to get other jobs, because then you can say like, hey, yeah, I know how to use 
I know how to use wide orbit. I know how to use next gen. I know how to use, I, I know how the different wiring works in these different things. I know I can run the board. I can produce the show. I can do updates. I can do everything. The more you can do, the more valuable you are learn from everybody, ask questions. I want to thank Greg for being candid with us and honest, saying, look, it is hard to balance the two responsibilities that I have, but he gets it done, and uh, he gets it done for one of the biggest brands and one of the best stations in the entire country. Good stuff there from Greg Bergman. I thought it was very insightful. He talked about how producers can can look at management as a viable track in their careers, as a way to advance their careers, and just so much to talk about in Los Angeles. I was very curious about topic construction and what exactly uh, is deserving of being covered there. So that was Greg Bergman. We'll see you on the next one here on the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 